0: What's up, you rebel minded freaks? This is where we question everything and provoke the normality of the world. All in an effort to face ourselves and become better humans. That's what it takes to be rebel minded. You in? Let's do this. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. I feel really weird some days, and I think I've conditioned myself to find a way to laugh off some of the weird stuff or some of the frustrating stuff, just by being ridiculous. But the 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 shark thing, right? Did did that remind you of Joss? i hope so it it actually makes me think of you know the rebel-minded like you know the, the the sneaking uncomfortable you know show up right in your face kind of thing right like that's what i'm always pushing that's all what i'm always that's why i'm always provoking but uh welcome back to the rebel-minded podcast for episode 28 um I'm so happy to be here. I am your host, Zach Henson, and I'm so happy for you to be here and listening in and, and, you know, connecting with me and hopefully seeing my point of view and maybe, you know, having some epiphany or having a perspective change or whatever it is that this podcast does for you i hope it's still making a difference and i come to you as a self-development coach and a human and a motorcycle enthusiast and a powerlifter and a survivor and a healer and a ukulele player just recently which by the way dude string instruments are a struggle like the dexterity is i'm having a rough time but i'm also having an amazing time it is so much fun i wish that i could just if i could get a couple hours in each day to play ukulele ukulele i'd love it i just there are so many times when i want to use it as a stress reliever And sometimes I only get in 10 minutes and it super sucks. But (laughs) it's balance, right? It's balance. Um, Some days I get to play. But um, I I wanted to come in a little more fresh today and not so serious. And I think I do that knowing that I'm taking control. Because there's actually stuff that's going on right now that includes my family that is just... A struggle right now, things that I didn't expect to be going through and it's actually me having an outside view, right because it's not about me directly um but it's it's heartbreaking, and i I do want people to know the power that we have to bring things together to support as a group and as a community and as a family to not just lessen the blow on somebody but to help them thrive out of a really difficult dark in my opinion unnecessary situation i want all of you out there right now to know that you have so much power in you And to any of the men out there, there are so many of us that are natural leaders. We just have to find out what it is that we need to lead into. You know, we need to know our mission. We need to figure out how we're most effective in this world. And that's what I see in men. That's why I provoke so much is because I see so much power in so many men. So much power that they don't see themselves yet. And that's why I do this. That's why I speak to the men and masculinity. And that's why I challenge. And so as a coach, as a human, as a provocateur, as an instigator, as a, a influencer, whatever I decide to call myself or whatever you decide to call me, whatever I am to you, maybe i'm maybe i'm just a perspective i hope that there's good in that and i hope the things that i say bring good out in you women and men for whatever reason that is in whatever way i can help i hope that i'm doing that for you today i hope that i'm doing that for you every day but for those of you that know me i am the creed soldier and i stand by that title to the best of my ability every day and i want you to know that in that title i stand by you as much as i possibly can and i hope that it's doing something for you so instead of repeating myself 10 times let's talk about today's episode And I think the struggle that I'm going through, being able to support my family and be there for my family, whether it's financially or emotionally, physically, I think the only reason I can do that is because of the love that I have for myself, because I think the security and the confidence and the self-esteem and the knowledge that I have that has helped me create this self-love is also what gives me the ability to be there as strongly as I want to be for my family. Because in my past, I used to shy away from anything that was difficult, anything that was uncomfortable, because I didn't trust myself enough to be able to handle that, to be able to be something great for another person. I was always scared to fail by somebody else's standards. And now I stand up to it, and I look it in the face and say, I can do this. I can be there for you. And hope that you guys can too. So here we go. Episode 28. Self-Love's Investment. It's actually odd. Just as I start writing things out for this podcast, I'm listening to a song called Lost Boy by Ruth B. It's a little eerie how it feels to be listening to a song that connects so well with the subject of self-love that... I'm talking about today. But sometimes I think the connections that we make have more to do with what we can pull from that coincidence. And what I mean is maybe the Lost Boys didn't know anything about self love, because lack of self love can lead to running away from yourself. But the Lost Boys of Neverland could also be about discovering play and camaraderie as a boy, which is exactly what I loved so much about Peter Pan. I think that's mostly because I was such an old soul as my mom would have put it and I desired so much of it and yes I totally played as a kid but I just had an ingrained work ethic that was expected of me and made me feel shame for not hitting that standard as a boy. Dude, what the fuck right? So. Really, I think it's just my mind making a connection with my present emotions at the moment. To me, that's a synchronicity that makes me feel some bliss. It makes me feel like my soul is on point. And that has been one of the best parts about self-love for me. It helps me recognize when shit is right for me. Not just my work, my influence, but my fucking soul. I love it. So where is your self-love today? What gives you that feeling of why you're a badass and wanting to have fun in this life for the pure sake of the fact that you deserve it? Well, that's where we're going today. So strap yourself in. What is self-love? Google defines self-love as regard for one's own well-being and happiness, chiefly considered as a desirable rather than a narcissistic characteristic. It's funny that Google has to parenthesize the fact that it's desirable and not narcissistic. I guess it's because it can be confused as such. It seems like there's a fine line. So let's make sure we know the definition of narcissism then. Google defines narcissism as excessive interest in or admiration of one's self and one's physical appearance put some heavy emphasis on that physical appearance part. Seems to be a big issue. Still a little cloudy, though? Maybe, but I think the major thing here is the term excessive and knowing where you stand with that. Also, an overly importance in one's own appearance, like I said, that can be a huge problem. So knowing what self-love is about, I'd like to emphasize how that reads to me. Self-love is about how much you enjoy presenting yourself to the world without doing it for the expectations of others. To me, it means that I get to feel pure and genuine and not feel like I have to suppress it. It means that I can love that there's beauty in my mistakes and flaws because they're a part of me, because they make me different from someone else. It's knowing that I can be happy about my journey and not criticizing myself as long as I'm putting in the fucking work. And self-love has so much to do with the way that we talk to ourselves. And just like any conversation with a spouse, it only grows and becomes more understood if you actually work on it. You should be very capable of telling yourself how legitimately badass you are. You should be able to tell yourself that you appreciate yourself, that you love yourself, that you're doing your best. Does all of this sound like you're talking to yourself like a child? It's probably because it does. And it's probably because these are the types of things you didn't receive as a child and you're still in need of hearing them. So don't feel bad about it. It took me a long time to recognize what this meant. It's hell getting to know yourself well enough to love yourself. Probably because it's obviously hard telling a stranger that you love them. Why would you? You don't know anything about them. They could shank you or deceive you or set you up for failure. You have no idea what they're capable of, even if you do believe they could be a great person. Because you don't decide that they are until you've invested time, gotten to know them, and can trust them. So without that time, can you trust them? And the same thing goes for yourself. If you don't trust yourself and don't know enough about yourself, are you really going to act like you love yourself, let alone tell yourself? Probably not. I don't want to say I grew up without self-love, I think there has always been a form of me that has known I was a good person. I had faith in that, and I had good intentions, but that wasn't enough to counter my neediness of love from others to fill the hole in my chest that I was supposed to be filling myself. A good soul didn't keep me from being codependent and suffocating to my girlfriends. Feeling like a good person isn't a strong enough foundation because we're most likely conditioned to feel shame for never being good enough, regardless of our soul. We have to definitively believe it's so. That's self-love. I was ashamed, as a lot of little boys are, for not being good enough. Love was conditional on how well we did, how well we did on the baseball team, how quickly we could get up and wipe away the dirt after eating shit, how well we did on our homework, how well we paid attention, how well we obeyed, That's a big one, and how hard we worked, and how well we could avoid crying. But the damage done wasn't the exhaustion from hitting those expectations, it was from when we didn't. Because as little boys, what we act out or what we say determines how great we are. And if the intentions are good, we can still be shamed for being wrong. I was an affectionate little guy. I had a lot of love for my mom, and I wanted to do good by her. My mom was always my safe space. Whether that was healthy or not, I guess would be determined by my abuse of that safe space. But nonetheless, I looked for affection from her. I could always rely on her. So, when I felt devoid of it, I had impulses to affirm her love for me. We used to live next to a large ditch, which for any city people, it's just an irrigation canal to disperse water to the farmer's fields. And as small boys, my brother and I weren't allowed to be up there on the ditch bank. Not without somebody else. And the water was swift, and there were checks, which are little drop-offs, that could suck in debris and make it tumble over itself again and again, which meant that it was a super easy spot for a little boy to drown. All I can remember of this day was seeing pretty yellow flowers on top of that bank. My first impulse was to grab one for my mother. Of course. Of course. Any affectionate little boy would do so. And completely forgetting my stepfather's warning is at the same time to never go up on that bank. It wasn't even a retaliation. I had just completely lost any recollection of hearing him say it. But the repercussions were horrible. There was a lot of crying and a lot of shaming involved. What that does to a little boy's decision on him being good or bad, let's just say it does some solidifying. Everything that I can remember doing for, in front of, or with my father or stepfather, was all about how I needed to be so that they would show me affection. I was always on guard, hoping to not let them down. It became such a vicious circle, and it made me constantly so tense. And what it did as a little boy was to make me completely unable to make decisions on my own intuition and my own thoughts. I became scared of reprimand, not just from my early father figures, but from the world. That meaning my family, my friends, my teachers. The worst for me was that I lost both my father figures just as I started things as a teenager. I no longer had a male role model to discuss and learn from my mistakes and help me learn about making decisions for myself. And these are things that I'm just now learning as of a couple years ago. Long story short. I'm just now learning to decide on my own, and as tough as it's been, damn it's freeing. This is the difficulty with our past. Self-love isn't something that is always taught, and for so many of us, we're trying so hard to get away from our past and its pain that we end up medicating our lives instead of purifying them. This is why it's so important to actually learn about what things went wrong in our past so that we can dominate our future. I mean really fucking dominate our future. It's just really hard to look our past in the face. It's difficult to relive that pain. But that pain is not there to be ignored. We have memory for a purpose. It's there for us to assess and find answers to all the things that we didn't know. This is what it means to adult in my opinion. It's not the financial responsibility and attainment that makes us adults. It's our ability to know ourselves and create resilience and make ourselves better. Try not to confuse the two. We can learn how to make money. We kind of have to, but you can still be a child on the inside at the same time. You can be in crippling pain, doubt, and constantly looking for validation from the world if you don't become courageous and face the pain of your past. At that point, Does financial stability really mean anything? So why is this so fucking important? Because if you don't, it will internally affect you and externally affect all of your relationships. And our relationships, business, friend, intimate, social, community, all of them are how we create happiness and peace and success and love. The first part of this article I read makes a very direct point for men. From a site called The Modern Man, author Dan Bacon says, Learning how to love yourself is extremely important to your success at picking up women and keeping a relationship together because women are attracted to the emotional strength of men and turned off by the weakness. If you don't love yourself, it will always come through via your body language, vibe, behavior, conversation style, and actions around women. Who you are on the inside always comes through on the outside. You can't hide it." End quote. Believe me, this is amazingly true. Because looking back in my own past, I see exactly where this came through. My skills, my money, none of it mattered because eventually she was able to see who I really was. She was able to see my emotional weakness. So if this is you, If you can see where you're lacking, if you have a guard up to where you are afraid for her to see your soul, keep listening. What most men really want most is love. You can deny it all you want. That love coupled with giving value, succeeding in our mission, finding clarity, those are mine anyway. And since my middle name is Jesus, I would know. Okay, my middle name is actually Harold, but I think the balanced, authentic, loving male does want these two things the most love and admission. For the heterosexual male, though, finding love from women is something that gives us so much peace. It's one of the greatest reasons to work on yourself and how much you love you because women can see that shit, dude. They know. They know. And for any other sexual orientation, I'm thinking it's probably the same, but I'm not going to cross that boundary just yet. I think it's built into us. There are things that we can't and should not deny as part of our biological makeup, and love is one of them. And you can't really expect to have love without self-love. Love Love without self-love is a world of manipulation, expectation, and it's too reliant. It's manipulating because you will change what you do in order to attain love. It's expectant because you will do things for another person, waiting for them to validate what you've done, and assuming the same level of love back. And it's reliant because you are relying on them to fill a hole that's only one that you can fill. Like I said, it's conditional, and it's a game more than it is a dance. The women in your life can see what you don't, most of the time. Most of them have a better sense around their emotions and have learned what self-love means better than we have even if they struggle with themselves. Men, on the other hand, have been taught to attach to all things external to validate who they are. So, as women are looking for a man that loves himself, the first things they see are the external things that you've become so great at. It's not like they would know any different. None of us can really see the depths of a person beyond what we see on the surface at first. That's why women feel so deceived after a couple years of being with you and realizing that you have so many insecurities and shame and self-deprecating behavior. Man up is not what she's looking for as much as it is leveling up. The hardest thing for us men is that we can have a misconception of what a lot of things are, self-love also being one of them. I think that if us as men are to understand more of the full idea of what self-love is, we really have to allow ourselves to sink into the things that we aren't used to. So, what I mean is, stop thinking self love is about the actions and achievements and the fulfillments and the performance. We have to think deeper. We have to talk to our soul. Why do we like anything? What passion do we have? What things just absolutely bring us joy without that including anyone else? Self love? Self love. We have to think about the things that just make us naturally happy to be ourselves, to be in our own skin, the human experience. And I don't think it stops here. I think self-love also includes how we accept ourselves, how we appreciate and forgive ourselves, the time that we give ourselves away from the world, our ability to break away from the fast-paced lives we live. I literally have to schedule a whole day to make things completely about myself, and I still struggle. So far, has been my biggest success for self-love and my hardest struggle because I have a very hard time shutting off my mind. It takes a lot for me to be present. But I had to make sure that I was giving time for myself to just be. I had to make a priority and make sure that I felt no shame for it. It's okay for us to not be working. It's okay for us to want to do nothing but sit inside our own skin even if we're just trying to do so. The world can wait. It will be there when you return, I promise. So don't shame yourself for trying to connect with who you are. There are so many things about self-love that I think bleed into beneficial areas. It's not just about this one singular thing. I think self-love leads to greater self-acceptance because if we love ourselves better, we are accepting who we are. I think we become more confident because we're more sure of who we are and what we're about. We have a better self-esteem because we can't love ourselves without knowing our own worth. To really hit it home here, I think our self-love is what helps us love others, handle rejection, deter the people that don't work in our life, and separate thinking that what others say is not being good enough. We can take away so much weight of someone else's words just by loving ourselves more. So really self-love makes us almost indestructible the last thing that I want to mention here is that self-love changes you and it changes the way you see the world seriously and I think it takes a certain level of it before you start to see that change but it's there self-love self-love puts you in a place where so many things don't matter anymore and so many other things do it's a transition of energy And it won't just help you love life, but help you understand what it's for. I don't have all of this shit figured out. I'm right here with you guys. But I want to do the work here to the best of my ability, to bring some clarity, yet some challenge to you. I want to challenge you as much as I challenge myself on these things. Because I believe in you. Because I believe in myself. I would never have said that true to heart, a few years ago, but from this average guy that comes from an average background, full of shame, limiting beliefs, desperate for love, I know that you are capable of so many things because I've changed in ways I never thought I would. I'm doing things I didn't think I ever could, and I was shocked when I found out that people still love me, and they loved me for just being me. It didn't matter how I changed. I want to leave you guys with some impulsive thoughts on today's subject. Basically, these are the bullets to drive the point home to the best of my ability. Think about the friend that's in a major dump of a situation and you tell him, dude, you fucking got this. You've done it before and this is just a moment. I believe in you. Get your ass out there and kill it. This is how you want to talk to yourself. This is self-love you have to have your own back next it may feel arrogant as you learn how to love yourself don't let that stop you oftentimes when we are self-deprecating the way we think people will react to showing ourselves love might seem unjust or even narcissistic it's not I promise but beware there will be people that get uncomfortable to how you change next self-love creates a new version of you it is inevitable self-love changes the world around you the way you treat yourself will change your actions your perspective and the way that you interact also self-love will change the way you see things and the way you see yourself it will separate you from superficiality and things that are less likely to stay constant and pull you to all things authentic and passionate Self-love bleeds in a constant way that you live life, not your reaction to it. Next, most women already understand these things. Why do you think they're attracted to it? You don't have to be an emotional guru, but be emotionally intelligent on some level. Show that you do the work. You don't have to have all of your success before she's going to love you. Next, do we have to love ourselves before... Do we have to love ourselves first or be loved first? If we rely on the other first, we are determining how we will feel based on their gifts to us. Then self love will fluctuate. That doesn't work, it doesn't allow for the constant. Love yourself first, and you can feel loved regardless of anyone else. I'll leave you with one last chunk of an amazing article from the Good Men Project. It says, with princess and goddess culture, girls and women are reminded of their inner strength, beauty, and inner power. They're reminded of their innate intelligence and divinity, which patriarchy both attacks openly and erodes quietly. Despite the obvious privileges of being male in a male dominated society, one of the inadvertent consequences of patriarchy is that many men actually hate themselves and only begrudgingly accept their lives, in part because they become victims and failures of their own system. Part of the deconstruction of patriarchy, therefore, is fighting for political, social, and economic equality for everyone in our society, which includes giving girls the tools, the self-love, and the opportunity to succeed in the world. End quote. Don't be fooled. I think this just affirms the fact that men are having an amazingly hard time loving themselves, let alone understanding what it means to do that. I think the equality takes away the pain men feel for always falling short of society's expectations and helps us see the impossible expectations to not only be perfect, but to be emotionless, action-only oriented machines. Self-love isn't just for the ladies, gentlemen. It's for all of us. The proof should be in how strongly you can love her because she expects you to love yourself as strongly as you love her. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Remember, we have so much growing to do, and as we make ourselves great, we also bring others with us. But this is the work that we have to do on our own to make that happen. So lean the fuck in, question yourself always, and stay rebel-minded. This is the Creed Soldier. All right, guys, if you're here then you have some sort of connection or curiosity of what goes on. So from the bottom of my little hamster heart, thank you. Even through a mic, that's what we call connection. And my life always gets better and more clear with all the souls that I get to connect with. If you like what you're hearing, or you want to share your story with me and the podcast, which I would absolutely love, write in. Send me an email or send me a text. You can contact me through IG as Creed Soldier, or email me at Zachary at ChaosCreed.com. That's Z-A-C-K-A-R-Y at K-H-A-O-S-K-R-E-E-D dot com. And of course, if you're up to the challenge and curious about really speeding up your self-development and your potential and getting committed to bettering yourself, send me a notification with Getting Rebel Minded in the title, even if all you need is that confidential space to talk, I'm here to give that to you. Share, like, and follow the podcast if it means something to you. Then you'll know when every new episode and interview has been published. I've always got more good things coming. This is the Creed Soldier.